Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you. Uh, today we are entering, um, can, can I go, can you back, go back to, the, to the, that image? Thank you, Gay, Abe. Um, I just want to, yes, last Sunday we began to just uh, start a series that we're talking about, that we want to engage in, that we've entitled Thanks and Then Giving. Thanks, and then how does thanks, how, do, how does the expression of gratitude, of thanksgiving, how does it demonstrate? What's the evidence um, how does it manifest itself? How does it show itself when somebody is truly grateful and somebody is able to go against the current, against your selfish motives? Uh, we're all uh, selfish when it, and t- when it comes to our core. And Thanksgiving is counterintuitive. It goes against everything that who we are in terms of our selfishness from the get-go, from the day we were born, uh, through the different processes. We become so um, misguided and so blind or blinded by our, um, our ego, our pride, our selfishness. And so we want to start this uh, message or this uh, series. We started last Sunday. Uh, how do you cultivate? How do you cultivate? How do you make gratitude, gratitude, a lifelong, a lifelong attitude? Um, how do you make it part of your chemistry? Uh, how do you make it one and the same? Who you are is that you begin to cultivate the spirit, the sense of indebtedness, like no, a thousand lifetimes. and You couldn't even begin to pay God, repay God for his redemption, for his salvation, for his gifts. The Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from your father, which is in heaven. Maybe your earthly father was missing. Maybe your earthly father broke you or hurt you. But your heavenly father has all kinds of gifts. He's showered you with blessings and gifts and mercy and patience and, and every good gift and every perfect gift comes from your Father, which is in heaven. There is no variance. There is no shadow. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't, uh, uh, he doesn't have uh, any reservations. Uh, God has uh, nothing but blessings for you. How many say amen? So I want to start or continue last message, but I want to give you some principles. Last, last week, God was here so powerfully that, that I abandoned my notes, and it was probably a good thing that I did. But I want to come back because I want to share some principles, especially for those that are, that are new in Christ. Those that, that are maybe you're, you're beginning your walk where it's been a while. You've been walking in a distant relationship with God and God is bringing you back. So we called the last Sunday's message the, the gratitude comeback. The gratitude comeback. I want to call this message just Thanksgiving using the same story of the 10 lepers that came to uh, meet with Jesus. So I want you here just to give you some thoughts, uh, share with you my heart. That God is doing something in this church, in your church. I pray that you you see the vision that God has called us to transform lives. That's our mission statement. Transform lives, impact communities. Say it with me. Transform lives, impact communities. Um, Every life can be transformed. Every life. Um, Whether it's broken, whether it's uh, uh, the sick, uh, be uh, healed, the, the, the lost, be saved. The church that is very comfortable, be transformed and impact communities. Not just the community at large. Uh, but the hurting community, the broken community, the divorced community, the indigent, the, indigent, the poor, uh, the homeless community. God has called this church to impact and make a change and transform that community. How many say amen? 
So, so I'd like for you to embrace why we exist. It's to lead thousands of people to know God, grow in community, grow in Christ, and then go serve and make a difference. God has called us to, to focus this mission, to lead thousands of people, thousands of people to know Christ uh, and to grow together, grow in community, and then to go serve, find your niche, find your calling, find your, the area where you have a felt need, where God is moving you. There's a lot of leaders here, a lot of leaders that are perhaps idle. Uh, the enemy's found a way to kind of put the brakes on your calling, your ministry, your gifts. Uh, and it's usually through our emotional disarray, our emotional brokenness. It's usually through disappointment. Sometimes the church is responsible. Uh, sometimes life and things that have happened to you. And because we don't cultivate a spirit of gratitude, we let things that are happening to us affect us, infect us in our heart. Um, and and you, 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 um, uh, you become idle. And the enemy then just... Uh, is able to accomplish his goal is to stop you from serving um, and, and from shifting and from using those gifts and those uh, talents that God has given you uh, for his glory. And in, in the fall or in the 2022, I pray that you start fresh, a lot of you, uh, that in, in February we're launching, God willing, our fifth life, our fifth campus. How many say amen? Our fifth campus in February. Let's just give God glory, our fifth campus. And so I'd like for you, but it won't happen unless... You're ready. And I, I, God is, is, is put in my heart a burden. And, and I'm going to just be as transparent as I can with everybody. Uh, that you are somebody that God wants to use. That God has brought you for a time such as this. So you need to believe in your heart that for a time such as this, God has brought you to the kingdom. I'd like for everybody to believe that there's a next level in you. That, 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 that God has a next level. A next level of authority. A next level of of being at peace with yourself, a next level of, of, of confidence, a next level of platform, of spiritual efficacy, of spiritual efficacy, that you can find your niche, your place within the, the body of Christ, uh, because we are one body, many members. And then that, that no member can say, hey, I don't need the hand, or I don't need the eye, I don't need the ear, uh, I don't need your voice. Uh, God has given you a gift. God has given you an anointing. God has given you a grace, a favor. Some of you should be leading. You should be leading and, and not bleeding and not hurting and not maybe focusing on your hurts and your pain because that pain will never go away until you embrace what God has for you first. Uh, it is counterintuitive. Uh, I know that it doesn't feel natural, but you need to say yes to God first. Uh, and then watch him take care of those things that you that are impossible for you to heal, for you to solve, for you to um, uh, have a breakthrough. And I, I want to share with you my heart. I feel a burden. I feel sad for some of us that um, um, God has given you this level of potential and calling. And, and we are hovering in some of the lower areas. Uh, and you've become emotionally distraught and emotionally compromised. And you've uh, kind of fanned the flames of your, uh, of your hurt and your pain. And, and you embrace your pain because it gives you the excuse you need or you want uh, to walk hurt and a crutch. And somebody hurt you. Somebody did you wrong. And so God has to pay for it, right? So God gets pushed away because somebody hurt you along the way. When, it's, when you embrace it, when you go to the cross, when you come to an altar, when you say yes to God in spite of the pain, in spite of the rejection, in spite of the hurt, in spite of, of, of you being betrayed. And what God, is a, it's a test. God did not betray you ever. It is human elements. 
It is, it is, and, and who you think hurt you, it's your, your struggle. He's not, or she, or he is not your enemy. You do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not the guy or the gal. It's not your parent or the past. Uh, it is a spirit that is trying to stop you. Uh, or we wrestle against, or, or wrestle your fight. Uh, your, your battle is not against a person or a personality. It is a principality. It is a power. It is a spirit from the devil, from hell, sent against you to stop you dead in your tracks through emotions that are, are, are compromised, through toxic emotions. And I know you've been hurt. I'm not disqualifying. I'm not ignoring. I'm not discounting that the pain is real. Uh, the hurt is deep. But the blood of Jesus runs deeper than your hurt. The blood of Jesus runs deeper than your pain. Then your disillusionment, then you being, being, uh, being disappointed with, especially with the church and forgive us, forgive me. But, but it's not, if, if, if you use anyone, even the church, as the excuse for, your, for you walking um, lame and, and just not being able to embrace the calling, the mission, the vision, the purpose for why God created you. And if those gifts, if you put them aside, just, just the, the courage to lead, the courage to say yes the courage to start from small and begin to just build capacity as God gives you ability, as you experience uh, different levels of, of, of blessing and capacity and anointing and grace. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have disappointments. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to stumble along the way. The righteous fall seven times. That means that, that falling is part of the process. That falling and stumbling and falling short and being hurt all over again, it's part of the prices. But the righteous, the righteous gets up an eighth. The righteous keep getting, keep getting up. You keep dusting yourself and it's a jagged, it's a jagged process up and down and up and down. But here's where you started and here's where you're going to end up. And along the way, there's all kinds, there's a process. Along the way, there's a process. God is building you. God is breaking you. Uh, he is the, he's the potter and you're the clay and you've got to trust the potter. You've got to trust the potter. And, and before he can do you all over again, it's going to hurt. The, the, he's he's going to have to break you. He's going to have to take you down to, to, to base one, to all the way back to the starting, to, to, the, to the starting or the, the, the back one to base one. Uh, all over, starting all over again. And it's part of the process. I'm going to share something that, that I want to just real quickly, because I want, I want to be sensitive to your time. I, I do, I do, I do. I want to thank everybody that you make it a point to come to the house of God. Because what, is, what, is gratitude like, uh, what does gratitude look like? Gratitude comes back to the house of God. Uh, gratitude comes back to the house of God. So, um, it, so it came to pass. Just I'm going to run through these slides. I pray that the Holy Spirit will just, just uh, well, well, like a, uh, like a nail, just, just one nail and then another nail. And then by the time it's all done, you're good and, and all nailed to the cross by the time, by the time it's all done, you're good and nailed to the cross. Hallelujah. And it came to pass that as Jesus went through Jerusalem, Jerusalem is, is the city of God. Now watch this. He passed through the middle or in between or in the border of Samaria and Galilee. That's where a lot of people, that's where they live. They live in the middle of Galilee is, is where uh, the prophet says that the light would shine upon them. Salvation would come. But Samaria is those dark areas, is those, those areas that are gray, is the, where the Samaritans would live. And Jesus crossed the border precisely to provoke the Jews and, and also to tell Samaria 
I'm here for you. Um, and uh, as he entered into a certain village, uh, there met him 10 men with lepers who were lepers, 10 men that were lepers, lepers, uh, not three, not two, uh, not five, not seven. As I shared last week, 10, uh, 10 is a community, uh, 10, they found something in common uh, in their leprosy, different backgrounds. Some were Jews, some were Samaritans, as you're going to find out. Some of them came from this city and this region, but all of them were brought together because they were a community of lepers uh, and, and never underestimate that is where God has brought all of us from. We were all lepers. And in many ways, we all continue to be stained and weak and deficient. And sometimes we look for, for, for perfection in other people that you'll never, you'll never have a perfect husband, lady. Sister, you'll never have a perfect family. Um, just my brother, you'll never have a perfect wife. You'll never have a perfect, I was going to say perfect pastor, but you might have a perfect pastor. Who, no, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're never going to be a perfect church because, because we're not perfect. There's none of us that are perfect. If you ever find a perfect church, if you ever find it, don't join it. It'll cease to be perfect the minute you become a member of that church. So, 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 so as he entered into a certain village, uh, 10 lepers met him and, and they stood afar off, afar off. That's what sin does. For all have sinned. We've been separated. Uh, we fell short of God's presence, of God's glory, of God's prize. They stood afar off because every sinner, uh, the law, the law says that if, that if you've sinned, if you're a sinner, the law says that you're unable to approach Jesus as a sinner or back then the law. So they, were, they, they could not come close to Jesus because of their leprosy. Now the Jews believed that if you got sick, it was because, um, uh, it was, uh, it, it was because of, of sin. Sin was, was the reason you got sick. But if you had leprosy, that was a curse. So God had judged you from heaven and said, and gave you a death sentence. Because leprosy was not just a sickness, it would kill you. It was 100% fatal. Uh, your members, you would, list, you would begin to just decay. It's really a, a, a physical, a skin and bone disease that would have fingers begin to fall off your nose, your ears. And it would just become terrible. It was one of the most agonizing ways to die. It was better if you died for it, by any other method than leprosy. Um, and, and it was because you were cursed from God. That's what the Jews believed. That's what they taught. Um, and so leprosy or being a, a sin or the law, the law reminds us that you cannot approach Jesus um, and also you cannot engage and sustain healthy relationships. I want to say this again, that you cannot sustain, engage in healthy relationships if uh, the, the condition of being a leper still in your heart in terms of the law in other words, let me, let me share with you. If, if you look at people through the eyes of the law, uh, you'll never be able to have a, a good relationship, a healthy relationship. You'll always be reminded that that person's a failure, he's a failure, she's a failure. Uh, this, if you see them through the eyes of the law, if you see them through the eyes of grace, everybody counts. Everybody deserves forgiveness. Uh, you too were and are a sinner that is saved by grace. All of us have fallen short. And something happens when you embrace uh, the spirit of grace. And I'm not talking to make, uh, to ignore brokenness or ignore sin. You engage it. You, 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 head, you, you still uh, um, have a responsibility to, to call people into account, all of us into account. Now, please, please listen, because this is critical. This is critical. I'm not saying you ignore sin and it's all grace, grace. Jesus came and John says we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten Son of God. He was full of truth. 
but he was also full of grace. So the way relationships work, healthy relationships, there's truth and there's grace, right? Truth and grace. Conversations, uh, let's put things on the table, but there's grace, there's grace, there's grace with truth. Okay, so this is for somebody here that needed that before we go on. So let me finish. I'm a, and they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Uh, and when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. This was critical. Most of you would remember Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 5. There's that one leper that comes and he's broken. He's leprous. He was, um, Luke says he was filled with leprosy. His leprosy was, was in a bad state. Uh, and he says to Jesus, I, I'm broken. I, I'm, I'm broken. He approaches him. And he says, and if you want to, see, he wanted to have dignity. He says, I've been rejected before. You, you wouldn't be the first one to reject me. So I'm going to guard myself. I'm going to give you an ultimatum. Jesus, I'm going to leave a, a way out. I'm going to let you have a way out. So if you want to, you don't have to, because I've been hurt before. And I've been rejected again. And, and I've been left or I can't, I, I've been, I'm in a state where it doesn't matter too much. But if you want to, if you want to, if you want to, I know who you are. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You can, you can heal me if you want to. <laughs> Jesus says, I want to. And let, let me show you how bad I want to. Come hither, he tells them in the old, uh, in the old archaic English. Uh, in the Hebrew, come hither. And so Jesus approaches him and touches him, touches him. And he heals him. And the Bible says, and Mark says, and immediately he was cleansed from his leprosy. Immediately. How many thank God? So God, often he creates or he is powerful enough to do and engage your life and to Bring about miracles that are instantaneous, that are powerful, that are just high, what I call last Sunday, high voltage, high visibility, high praise, uh, greatly impactful or greatly uh, acknowledged miracles. But a lot of times, I dare say most of the times, there's a process. God works miracles through processes, through step-by-step -step processes, and I'm, as I'm going to uh, share with you here. So, so I want to just... Um, um, so he says, go show yourself to the priest. I'm not sure where we're at up there. Go show, show yourself to the priest. Yeah. And, and when they saw him uh, and they said to him, uh, let me see here. Um, yeah, go show yourself to the priest. I'm sorry. Am I there in the priest? Yes. Go show yourself to the priest. This was important because Jesus wanted um, even the leper that he healed in Luke 5 and, and Mark 1. He says, go show yourself to the priest as a testimony, as a witness. Um, they all probably lived in different provinces or they all had their church, their synagogue. And Jesus was, was sending them to, as, a, as a reminder that he was the Messiah. That, hey, who healed you? Jesus, a man named Jesus. It was to witness to the priests. I believe that a lot of those priests uh, came around and they were part of the, that, the cacophony of priests, that group of priests that, that came back and, re, and believed in Jesus Christ. I believe that that's what Jesus was doing, is, is, is sharing a testimony, witnessing to them. Go show yourself to the priests. And when they saw them, when they saw, and when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, say it with me, as they went. As they went, they were cleansed. As they went, there's another version that says they were healed. As they walked, they were healed. 
What I want everyone to embrace, what I shared last Sunday, is that most miracles are a slow-moving process. Most miracles are low-profile. They're a step-by-step -step process, and that happens. So it's slow-moving, low-profile, step-by-step process equals a miracle. So I want to say that again. Most the Today, you have that house because it's a miracle, but it took time. It was a slow-moving miracle. Today, some of you enjoy relationships that are healthy. It was a process. It was a slow-moving miracle. Um, I grew up, like many of you, that in a, in a state of poverty, even though when we were kids, we didn't realize we were poor. My mom would go to the second-hand stores and to garage sales, um, and, and we, she would buy us clothes or tennis or, or shoes that were like one or two size bigger than what we were. We were. And so... I didn't know the wisdom there. It's just that she needed us to grow into them and that sh those shoes were going to last us a year. How many say amen? So when I first got them, I was all happy like Bozo the Clown, uh, like, like just swimming in my shoes. But I was happy. I thought they were brand new. I didn't know the difference until later on. It had to be Walmart or nothing. Uh, you're not with me, but that's okay. Uh, I didn't want to second hands. I didn't want to go to the Goodwill or Salvation, uh, the Salvation Army. Or uh, I began to get embarrassed by the time I was in junior high. But my mama would bring me anyway, whatever she could afford. She would bring. Why? Because somehow I don't know how. But my my parents had seven kids. I don't know how we were poor. How would how, how, I don't even know. So seven of us. We, most of the time we lived in apartments. We. See, we would get government cheese. My mom would get food stamps. My dad was a worker and the field worker uh, with seven kids. And so we began to realize that, okay, that is our state. That is where we're probably, but my parents were just, they were Christians. They would go to church. My dad would just separate the tithe. Just, just this belongs to God. Sometimes they didn't even have food for, uh, or money for, uh, for milk and for other things. And so here I just want to share this, this slow-moving miracle. So my dad was a field worker, pruning, picking grapes, uh, uh, you know, wine grapes. And then a, a person by the name of Robert Malloy saw him. Just, just, just. And he tells my dad, he just comes up to him. I don't know. He says, but I like you. I like the way you just carry yourself. I'd like for you to stop working in the fields and like to be just my helper. Can you like fix the tractors? Can you kind of prepare all the equipment um, I, I just, just, do you want to do that instead? I'll pay you back then maybe with 70, 60 bucks a day. But back then that was like much more than when my dad was making seasonal work. My dad said, yes, as my dad worked, um, he's just began to favor him. And my Daniel, my brother, Daniel got hired by the same person, $25 a day. And then I got hired another $25 between all three of us. We were making like $120, $140. My dad began to just prosper. Just my, so we moved from an apartment and we bought a three-bedroom, uh, three two-house, a two-bath in McFarland. We could afford it. Um, and so there, by the way, my mom and my dad had their room. My two sisters had a room and our five brothers had one room. <laughs> I'm not hurt with my sisters. No, I'm not hurt with my sisters and I'm not hurt. But, but that is where I, had, I, had, I learned how to defend myself. I learned all my movements, all my self-defensive movements. These hands are deadly for other reasons, for other reasons than you might think. Um, so, so we grew up in that environment. Let me just share with you. And then just, he says, can you be a, a foreman? He tells my dad, I think you can be a foreman. My dad says, I'll try. And my dad just began to prosper. Not, not a lot of money, but he began to be able to just have his own house and 
buy a car and just, we just moved up little by little. Can I tell you that that was a miracle? It's called the favor of God. It's called God's favor. And yet it's easy to, it's easy to ignore just the way God, one step at a time, it's a low, a slow moving miracle. Is as they went, something began to happen. As they walked, as they served, as they gave, as they ministered, as they engaged, uh, their prayers were being answered. Uh, see, they, they could not have their wives. They could not be with their kids or grandkids. Uh, they were destitute. They were rejected. They were separated. But as they went, something began to unfold. It was a slow-moving, low-profile, step-by-step process. Process equals a miracle. How many say amen? Uh, let's finish this. Amen. And one of them, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, uh, came back or turned back. One of them came back or turned back and with a, a, a loud voice glorifying God. He glorified God. So what does gratitude look like? Here it is. It's a type of joy. Say it with me, joy. joy. And humble appreciation. Right? That's what gratitude is. It's a type of, it's a burst of joy. And at the same time, you're humbled because you're receiving a benefit, a blessing, a miracle that you don't even deserve. So, 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 so when you work hard and you get your check, you're not necessarily grateful. You should be, but you don't have to be. You earned it. But when God blesses you, <laughs> when God enlarges you, when God promotes you, you don't deserve it. You, you, you don't earn God's favor. Uh, you walk in God's canopy. You walk in faithfulness. You obey, you worship the living God. You cultivate the spirit of gratitude and gratitude comes with joy and a humble appreciation for the many blessings, for all the things, for all God's goodness and God's grace and God's gift uh, and God's blessings that he gives you, that he dispenses over time. You might not totally look at them. They might not look like a miracle on first views, uh, uh, first appearances. But if you have a discerning heart, if you, if you cultivate uh, a spiritual radar, you'll begin to see all these little steps, all these little moves. A lot of us have a house by God's grace. Most of us came in a car. I didn't see too many people coming in a horse or a buggy today. I saw most of you like coming in a car. Um, and all those graces, all those gifts, how many say amen? It's a, it's a joyful gratitude. So gratitude is an emotion with an action. Gratitude is an emotion, emotion with an action that leads to devotion and thanksgiving. So gratitude is a positive. It's joy and, and humble appreciation. That's the emotion that is followed by an action. So this, this leper had to come back. Um, and now it turns into devotion and it turns into worship and it turns into thanksgiving. So that is what gratitude is. And, and this series, this message is to have the Holy Spirit cultivate you a, a sense of gratitude that turns into a lifelong attitude. A gratitude that turns into a lifelong attitude. He fell down on his face and feet to Jesus' face, or his face to Jesus' feet, and he gave him thanks. Everybody says, give thanks. Yes. Say it again, give thanks. Yes. Uh, and he was a Samaritan. That was astonishing. So Jesus was not shocked at the miracle. Jesus was not shocked at the miracle. Jesus was shocked that only one came back. I'll say that at one. This, this is not a, just a, a one miracle, let me heal you, let me touch you. This is a mass miracle. This is, this is a mass where, where the whole group was being blessed. 
the whole group was being healed. There was no way you could deny that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was a miracle worker. Maybe one or two people might get healed here and there, but this is 10 uh, simultaneously, instant uh, or, or simultaneously as they walked. So, so what, is a, what is gratitude? Gratitude keeps you humble. It's not only an emotion that leads to devotion, uh, but real gratitude keeps you humble. Real gratitude, you realize that you don't deserve, that there's a greater source that is blessing you, that is favoring you, that is enlarging you, that is giving you grace and time and favor and strength and wisdom and the wherewithal, the withedness, the wisdom uh, and the, the, the wit that God has given you for you to be blessed, for you to prosper, for you to have sustenance. Uh, Jesus, God tells Moses and, the God's, and God's people, when you have eaten and you have your fill, when you are filled, uh, you will honor and thank the Lord your God. See, when, when, you're, when you're blessed, even when you eat, that's why we pray for the food. You will honor and you thank the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. When you have eaten and you're filled and you have built good houses to live in. And when your cattle and your flocks become many and then you get much silver and gold. And believe me, if you live in the United States of America, you have silver and gold. No matter how you feel about yourself. You have much silver and gold and, and have many things for your own. Be careful not to become proud. Be careful not to say in your heart, my power or my wit or my own wherewithal or my withedness or my wisdom, my power and my strength have, have made me rich. But remember the Lord your God, for he is who is giving you the power to become rich. He gives you the power to walk in health. To walk in health and in wealth and in, in good stead and confidence and open doors. And, and God is the God that promotes. So that's why the psalmist says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, forget not, forget not all, all, all of his benefits. He who forgives you, he forgives you your iniquities. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tenderness. He fills you. He fills you. He satisfies your mouth uh, so that you can be re renewed and rejuvenated like an eagle over and over and over every time. It is God. He's the source. And we're so pecuniary. We're so particular. Uh, we're so... Um, um, a negative and pessimistic that, that let, let me, I'm going to share something. If you focus on all your hurts and your pains and all your negativities, you will become uh, a bitter, broken, negative. Let, let, I'm going to share something with nobody lives. After a while, nobody wants to live with somebody who's pessimistic. Somebody who's negative. Somebody who's always pointing out everybody's weaknesses. The, I mean, the wife comes home or the husband comes home, the parents or the kids, the kids come home and, and they really don't want to be there. Sister or mister. Uh, because your eye, your filter is all, it's always, the glass is always half empty. That's because your heart, your heart does not know how to discern God's blessings. You have not taken inventory. You have not just began to list God's blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. All those little miracles that are interconnected that after a while they're like a humongous miracle. Uh, you're blessed. You're prosperous. You have things. Yes, you're going through things. Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's trouble. 
Uh, yes, there is, uh, you, you have to confront areas and issues of, of a fallen humanity. And every single one of us are a fallen person with a fallen nature. But, but if you focus, if you focus on God's blessings, uh, you will be able to say, oh, my soul, my soul, my soul, alma mia, alma mia. Uh, bless the Lord with everything you've got. And do not forget his benefits, all of his goodness and mercies and grace and gifts. Uh, and mercies, do not forget. And when you account for when you account for all your sins, that's a lot of sin, my brother. I'll say that again. I'm telling you, He forgives me all of my iniquities, all of my iniquities. I am made righteous through Christ Jesus. That alone, that alone, you should dance and frolic and give God glory. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I fall. I stumble. I sin. I mess up. I'm forgiven. And you don't use, you don't use, you don't use grace uh, as a motive to sin. Why? Because Paul says, whoever sins and you practice sin, uh, you will become a slave. You can be a Christian and be miserable. A slave. Your mind is a slave. And then you're using grace as a, as a license to sin. You're miserable. You're a small person. You're ignorant of why, of, of, of what real grace is. Real grace is the authority and the strength and the power not to sin. You walk in God's grace. You walk in his favor. You walk righteous. Not so that you can go commit sin. No, so that you can be free of sin. That's why grace has been given to you. So that you don't run after sin. You run away from sin no matter who you are. But grace, 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 he forgives all my iniquities. And let me share with everyone. We would not, anyone would be here today. No one can stand righteous without God forgiving all our iniquities. All our iniquities, all the time, from all time past, present, and future. But if you use grace as a license to sin, you will pay the consequences. You will pay the consequences. Paul says, I can do all things, but not all things edify. Not things edify. Paul says, I'm free to do all things, but not all things build me up. Not all things are a part of God's will or plan for your life. There are some things that are destructive, that are toxic. Uh, men, watch your eyes. Men, get rid of garbage. Get rid of anything that, that brings you into a state of sin or temptation again. I'm telling you today, today, just, just men are devastated. Your, your mind is, is already uh, captivated. Your conscience is already seared. Uh, you're not able to walk freely. You're not able to walk into a house of God or walk into any room without your eyes going towards somebody with lust. That is not God's plan. God has given you the authority, the grace, the power, the favor of God to be able to say no to sin. That is what grace is. Grace is to receive God's strength for your weaknesses. Grace is you receive God's righteousness, righteousness for your wickedness. That is what grace is. I'm telling you, there's many people, many ladies, many a ladies who are stuck or men in just being negative and being negative. And you, you can't celebrate God. You don't have a moment of peace or joy or laughter because you have embraced the misery of your condition. Somebody's hurt you. Somebody's pained you. Somebody's betrayed you and you embrace it. And you like being, you like being commissiatory toward yourself. Why? Because that, that commiseration, that, that, that becomes your crutch. That already becomes your excuse of why you're not going to serve God. Somebody hurt you deeply. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. So somebody hurt you deeply too. So you're not the only one in this room.
This room is full of us, all of us, uh, that have been hurt deeply. I was sharing with Sister Kathy. I was speaking this weekend at a Kairos, a conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And so God was so gracious. And uh, one of the co-speakers there, uh, his name is Mark Vega. He ministered in one of our refreshing conferences maybe four or five years ago. And uh, he says, Pastor Saul, and we were talking, just fellowshipping, just what God has done in, in our different lives and ministries. And we were fellowshipping. He says, hey, Pastor Saul, there's somebody in your church. It's an, an African lady woman, lady, she's tall. And so I'm thinking, who could that be? <laughs> I don't know who she's talking about, right? And uh, so he says, I, I, I had just gone through an experience in ministry. I had three close associates. And then just, just they began to conspire. He says, I'm not going to go into the details. It was terrible. It was unexpected. And all three of them just, just, just stabbed me in the back. They almost ruined my, my life and my marriage and my ministry. They almost. And he says, I was so hurt that I was, and, and one of, after one of the evenings, he says, this sister comes and says, I see three, uh, I see three um, 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 arrows on your back, he says. I see three arrows on your back. And he says, he began to pray. And right now, he says, I don't know who says that. But says, I, I see God breaking them off your back right now. And he says, I come against that poison. I come against those darts in Jesus' name. And he says, Pastor Saul, it saved my ministry. It saved my ministry. How many say amen? Now, I'm not into a lot of the emotional display. And I never, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm of a more of a, but I believe in miracles. I believe in prophetic utterances. I believe that God can use anyone, anyone at any time to be a blessing to somebody and say a word that is timely. Because that is your that is your gifts, because that is your privilege as children of God. That falls within your grace, your gifts, and your the mercies, the goodness that God has placed in your life. And what, what I'm trying to convey here, and I'm gonna finish here, is this he says, Bless the Lord, all my soul. And don't forget all of his benefits. He forgives, he heals, he restores you, he redeems your soul from destruction, um, and he crowns you. He crowns you with loving kindness and mercy and his love. How many say amen? Um, would you bow your heads with me? Would you bow your heads? I, I could. So what does gratitude look like? Gratitude comes back. Gratitude comes back. Gratitude remembers all his benefits. <laughs> gratitude makes an inventory. Um, gratitude cultivates, cultivates a spirit of saying yes to God and no to this world. Um, gratitude um, humbles itself. is a humble thing. It's a devotion. It's an expression. Unexpressed gratitude looks like ingratitude all the time. It looks like ingratitude just with your heads bowed. Father, we're grateful for an opportunity to just, just be in your house. Today has been a, an incredible day with your presence. I believe it's, it's not just transformative and it has the power to transform but it's formative as well some of us you're forming our lives our heart you're reshaping it you're the you're the master <laughs> you're the master potter that takes clay that is broken 
and you reshape us. It's formative and transformative. I thank you that today, I pray that many, many of us would just take the next step and say, I'm going to live a grateful life. I'm going to cultivate a spirit and a heart that is sensitive toward God's blessings. A spirit that is able to discern a radar, spiritual radar that catches every good gift and every, every perfect gift, every mercy, every grace. That I can be able to come back and worship God and serve God and give to God, give to God uh, his, the best praise. Bring my alabaster box every time and give God my very best worship, my very best expression, my best gifts, my best offerings, my best service, my best sacrifice because God is worthy. A thousand lifetimes would not be enough to thank God for his loving kindness. He crowns you. He crowns you with loving kindness and mercies. So, Father, I pray that all of us are able to cultivate, come back. This, uh, all nine received a, hel- a healing. All nine, all ten received a healing. But only one received greater blessings. Only one was crowned by the prophetic word that Jesus says, get up. <laughs> only one was able to rise up above the fray. Get up, he says. Rise. Jesus says to the one that came back, rise from your despair. Rise above your situation, your circumstance. Rise, levantate. Rise above your hurt, your pain. He tells this leper that had been hurt many a times, rejected, maybe lost his entire family, and he says, get up. See, that only the ones that come back huh, with, a, with an attitude of gratitude get the extra blessing. And then he says, go, go in the power, go in the authority. Go in your gifts. Go, 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 go. He tells them, he tells them, go, go, go. For this act of worship, this act of thanksgiving, your act of, is a faith thing. It's a faith. And your faith has made you whole. Your, your faith has now restored you to the original plan. And those are the gifts. That is what the people that come back with a, with a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving, they get the extra bonus. All 10 received a healing, but only one. Only one that got a prophetic word, was, was, was blessed by God. As you bow your heads, I'm going to share with you something that I wrote. And that the nine, the, the nine, Jesus says, were there not ten? And he asked, Jesus says, where are the other nine? I'll, t- I'll tell you where they're not. Their names, uh, they, they could have had their names in scripture. Uh, they, they could have been in the holy writ. They could have been praised. Their life received things and blessings, but, they, but they're now just forgotten. They're just part of the story of, of the negative side of receiving a miracle. It is the anti-miracle. The nine represent the anti-miracle. It was a miracle that they didn't come back, but it was the wrong kind of miracle. Jesus was shocked. Aren't there 10? Ha, ha, aren't you part of the 10? Have not, have, have not you been a benefactor, a recipient of God's best mercies and blessings? Aren't you? But where? He said, he was shocked. It was an anti-miracle. It was a miracle that didn't come back. And Jesus was not trying to be melodramatic. He was being trying to be contextualized. Weren't there 10? Where are the other nine? He says. And then he looks at the one that came back and he says, arise, arise. And I want you to go in this new dimension, this new freedom, this new healed. And he says, your faith, this act of worship and thanksgiving 
has made you whole. Father, I pray this morning, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your visitation. Thank you for the things that you're doing in our lives, in our hearts, in our marriages. Thank you for the ministries that you are right now refurbishing, 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 renewing minds and ministries, relationships to go beyond the pale, go beyond the pain, go beyond the paralysis, the paralysis of over-analysis of, of, of a hurt person or a personality that you embrace. Uh, pain instead of embracing deliverance and thanking God and counting your blessings, my brother and my sister. Count them before you become a complainer. And then how do you express your thanks service? You come back. You say, God, how can I serve you? How can I honor you? How can I bless your kingdom? How can I be part of what you're doing? In a church, it's not a perfect church. I know, I know, I know. And we have a lot of deficits we're trying to work on. I'm telling you, God has called us. <laughs> I did not want to. I did not want to. It just God would speak to me, Saul. This church is going to be a church that leads thousands. And I said, I'm in, Lord. Thousands, 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 thousands. The different platforms, different ministries. To know God. To grow in community. And then go serve and make a difference. To the glory of God. I bless you this morning. To the glory of God. And God's people say, Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Let's give God glory. Hallelujah. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at LifeHouseChurch.com. That's LifeHouseChurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.